Sacrifice. I sacrifice. Handsome Kevin Bermare. You motherfuckers can't find a motherfucking Bermare. <laughs> TNA's a jerk-off show for jerk-offs to jerk-off to. If you visualize him constipated on the shitter, it's for sure. With our <laughs> I hope I never see it again. Hope I never see you again. Keep talking like that, I'm going to give you the shocker. Instead of kicking his ball bag, kicked his leg out of his leg. I'm not listening to fucking a bee jizzle sermon. We're just like brothers, man. <laughs> Arguing about whether or not, then we got to compare whether it sucked. Ass and jizz, right? That's what they want. That's what we all want. I don't know, man. I'm enjoying the show. I'm not keeping track. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I bet you're really enjoying the show. You fucking nut knocker. They stimulate the crowd in my pants. He doesn't even trust his aunt's cousin. Ran over a dog or something. Gene Jerry. Yeah, he's kind of a wholesome, hardcore guy, you know. Put him in a rack, I'll pick you up from the airport. I look at uh, some pictures of myself when I was younger just to remember what I look like. But <laughs> Waltman creeps over on his knees. Oh, yeah. So Take away good. Here. It had to be a mistake. There you got your BH, you got your Gooch, you got your ball bag, you got your Penoir. It's a <laughs> fucking classic. Get Punks are great, the a-hole slash ball bag. Hope somebody Canadian destroys your dick. Don't have to do a deep dive into that or just ignore it and fail to do so. I've never seen anybody clap like that before. You think it's an ethnic thing? Take off your clothes. I'll show you my hose. I need a conjugal visit. In association with the Shining Wizards Network, Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast presents... Year of Duke and Rogue. I'm your host, Duke Bags. Grand fun Handsome Kevin Bermeon. Over there we got the better man. Better man. Ah, ah. <laughs> He's a fucking better man. Wouldn't it be great if better man. <laughs> like if he just fucking like just went just nards into it. It's like motherfucking better man. <laughs> You motherfuckers can't find a motherfucking better man. <laughs> you think uh, that's a better man? <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> man, that it, would be that'd be awesome. Is that too straightforward of a gimmick to work? You've never heard of the better man. I mean, the better man. I mean, right? do it right. If you're gonna do it, do it proper. Is that too straightforward of a gimmick to work? No, man. I might actually. Do it right. <laughs> I mean, there's probably some indie talent out there right now listening, going, oh, looks like I got a new gig. I am the man. <laughs> there's probably something there, right? I think there is, man. I think we might have just stumbled across some some wrestling gold. I don't think that you come down to the ring, too. man. What do you come down to, then? I'm not sure. Probably some classical music. But like some classical thunder, right? Not like a nice and easy one, like a classical Nards plow. Get some like timpani banging away. Yeah, some banging tips. the Nards. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be so great. I I don't know that you could even. See, the problem is I couldn't do it because I would laugh too hard every time. So I'm like, <laughs> you know me, I am the better man. <laughs> Just laugh too much and fucking ruin my own gimmick. I might still do it. We'll see. <laughs> well, today we're covering TNA Sacrifice 2005. This is the 10th show of our fifth season. This son of a bitch took place live 
on August 14, 2005 from the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida. Pain. That's the one-word tagline for this show. <laughs> yeah, they're really they're really exercising their creativity here, aren't they? And the tagline should be "Can't find a better man," right? Yeah, it should be. But for this one, you would think that they'd be because I didn't hear them play "Sacrifice" at all throughout the entire fucking show. Do we know if that song was out by then Are or you, not? You're looking you're looking for some Creed action. Well, I mean, I'm never really looking for Creed action, but if there's ever time to have a little Creed action, you would think right, right now would be the it'd be the fucking time. I remember you last time you were saying you wanted some my sacrifice action. Right, it should be. Hey, did I wonder if I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here. Creed has to be pretty heavily influenced by Pearl Jam, right? They sound pretty similar. 2001, so yeah, it's uh, it's out and sacrifice. Yeah, it's four years old, and they're still not. Oh man, TNA's a jerk off show for jerk offs to jerk off to. Well, don't spoil the show, man. Maybe it's maybe we get a surprise later. What was their other hit? Can you take me higher? Not not that one. That was a piece of shit. What was the other one? Uh, Did they have less hits than I think? With arms wide open. Nah, that one. That's a piece of shit too. They had one song in like a soundtrack that was that was full on, like separate your nards rock and roll. But oh, they had some big knockers, man. That was it. What if that was the that was the soundtrack song, right? Oh yeah, that was that was rocking. On a fast or something else, and I'm singing now because I'm a dealin'. What if you did? <laughs> Sometimes when he's singing, that, like if you visualize him constipated on the shitter, it just sinks up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did seem to borrow some of their sound from the Pearl Jam. That's for sure. With our swat old Pearl. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Man, I was just kind of picturing this in my head. You know that the dramatic package stuff we got. Oh, yeah. Something like what if, or one of them twos would be great. Yeah, I mean, they're not a good band, but they definitely found some success somewhere along the way. And they do got like a couple a couple jams, but this is sacrificed. You have a free pass to use Creed. I mean, you still probably have to pay them, but... You, but it would make sense, and people wouldn't shit on you for using Creed. Missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even a fan of their their shit, but this this was a this was a miss. Well, you get that dramatic intro without my sacrifice. Let down, but we got the guy and the gal with the voice man trading off stuff about flesh and blood and sacrifice. Yeah, how do you feel about the the trade off? Uh, well, the voice man, he was quoting him some scripture. Yeah, but it wasn't like fucking Stevie Nicks and what's his name with the leather and lace song. It just didn't match up the same. Uh, Donnie Henley. <laughs> Is that, yeah, Donnie, I couldn't, I couldn't pull the name. <laughs> Old Donnie Henley and Stevie Nicks just laying something down. It wasn't that at all. They didn't have that same flow. Old Don Henley special. Yeah. I got, I got, Give myself a little Don Henley special. 
A Don Hanley. That's the play. Oh, you missed yeah. it. Meanwhile, we got Raven and the rest of the gang looking tough. WT with Sabu in the main event tonight against Double J Rhino. We got Styles and Joe competing in the final of the Super X Cup. That sounds great. Elsewhere, we got Lynn and Pac and a whole bunch of the usual, usual suspects. I'm pretty optimistic going into this one, man. Yeah, I I remember you saying that this uh, this this could be a good one. I'm so like I'm so removed from being able to like TNA at this point. It's hard for me to really. It's so hard for me to get into it. I I don't think the stories are fun. I don't think the characters are entertaining. Some of the wrestling action is very good but they do a lot of the same repeat shit over and over again. So it's hard for me to get super pumped to watch it, man. It's, it's definitely, I've decided it's better than dying WCW, but with dying WCW, we still had characters. That's the problem. So I'll tell you what I did the other night. I watched Royal rumble 1989. Old school. So here's what happened, man. I was like, all right, cleanse the palate, throw in a little 89 rumble. It was the most exciting. Like, I, I put it on while I was going to bed. I couldn't sleep because I was having so much fucking fun watching Andre the Giant, right? An aging Andre the Giant with all these other competitors. Mr. P was coming in the ring, right? He had the outlaw running bass. He had uh, the, the Brutus. He had the. T- like, it was so much fucking fun and so entertaining. I was like, it excited me to watch the Rumble 89. Like, I was watching Andre going, this motherfucker's no joke. He should really get the title. <laughs> like, he's he's a force. I'm watching TNA oh, yeah. going, oh, sweet. Hurricane Rana, head scissors, dive to the floor. <laughs> no story. It just, I, I was shocked at how excited I was to watch an old Rumble that I've seen. Like, I put it on because I've seen it so many times. I can just fall asleep to it. That's a hoaxer win, that one, right? Stud, I think. It might have been 88. Now I think about it. Land of the 88s? Land of the 88s, man. (sighs) Can't find an 88. Uh, (laughs) It was was so much fun. It was so much fun. And, like, to turn around the following day and have to watch some more of this my sacrifice. It sucked, man. It's hard. Like it's still wrestling, but you shouldn't be able to compare like 88, 89, super entertaining stuff to 2005 TNA should have their own category. It was kind of a big sacrifice for us. Just uh, going through this, I suppose it is. It's been like two years of straight watching shit wrestling. Well, TNA, he tells us that enemies become allies tonight. It's all about sacrifice here at Sacrifice. Something I noticed looking at this card, man. There's no title matches. Yeah. What do you What do you think of that action? Horseshit. It's horseshit action. It was obviously done on purpose. Don't know what the purpose was, but... Uh, to stop people from buying your pay-per-view. I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it worked. 
I don't know how many pay-per-view <laughs> buys it had. I can't imagine it was much. I wonder if I can find that. All right. Well, I'll do a deep dive. I'll uh, I'll get us up to speed here. In the pre-show, Apollo and Siaki defeated Jarrell Clark and Mikey Bats. Starting this thing off, we got a six-man tag team match. Chris Saban teaming up with Shark Boy and the player from the Himalaya, Sanjay Dutt. Taking on Elix Skipper, Simon Diamond, and David Young. Collectively oh, known I... as the Diamonds in the Rough. Right. It's it's ridiculous. But you said t- Mike TNA said it's sac- sacrifice, it's sacrifice. It's Didn't he just say it's sacrifice, man? Right, and then he, but then last pay per view, didn't he say it's no surrender at no surrender? Oh yeah. Is is TNA? Has he always just been overrated and super shitty, and we just look past it because he was sitting at a desk with like Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain? He was better in a limited role for sure. Yeah. Just chiming chiming in with his uh, with his deep dive knowledge, you know. Right. A couple times a show, but now he's you know he's playing he's trying to play the role of Shivani and Bobby the Brain and Jr. all wrapped into one, and it's uh, diminishing returns. I think very much. So I mean, TNA asked Don if he feels that special emotion. Oh yeah. I think he was he had that uh, he had that emotion in his pants. He was getting emotional. I think that's what he was asking him about. Like he wants to smooch. Oh, maybe during one of those uh, interview segments. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Simon Diamond, he gets on the bike. He gets booed. Looks like he and Skipper got matching robes. Yeah, well, it makes sense though. They they played fucking Dutz music when they were walking down, and they stopped, and they started playing the, the Diamonds music. And there was only one pyro that went off in the open, so they're off to just a just a real Rusi kind of a start. Speaking of Rusi, I think at this point Rusi and Dusty are no longer in the mix, so I'm not even sure who's running the thing. Was well, not still Larry Legend. Oh, yeah, Larry Legend. I mean, he's not really... He's a figurehead, of course. Right. So if he was actually running it, we'd be watching some fantastic wrestling, I'm sure. Well, you got David Young, the the biggest loser around. So I'm guessing he still hasn't gotten a victory yet. Mr. It, no wins in two years, David Young. Yeah, I feel like they would have let us know. Today reminds us that's one of the longest losing streaks going. Thanks, today. Horowitz didn't win a match for like 20 years. Well, it's not an active streak, man. By this point, he'd gotten his win. Good point. Right. I can't say there was like any greener pastures for him after the win, but. You got a pay-per-view match. That's true. Well, Sharky starts it off with David Young, connects with a rude awakening, he gets the two, goes for that 10 code only to be tossed off the, uh, tossed off by Young, who then goes for a leg drop and really hurts his ass, then adding insult, insult to injury, Sharkboy bites his ass. 
It's bad news for Eric Young's ass. Or not How do you Eric feel Young. about the Dave, Dave Young. Young? Yeah. How do you feel about the ass bite? I mean, it's a funny little spot. Yeah. He's the shark boy. You think he gets pleasure out of it? I don't know if he gets pleasure, but I was wondering, is it better like when Dink does it? Because it's like funnier. Because he's uh, a little man? Yeah. He's a dink. You think he's a better man? I think dink is a better man. Uh, I just, like, watching it, like, I don't mind that he does the move. Like, I get he's a sh- he's he's a shark, but he's also a boy. Some type of shark mutant. So biting probably should be somewhere in his in his set. But when he did that, I just I went my head went right to Dink. Like when Dink by by bit an ass, it was always it's kind of funny. Usually it was like Luna, right? Sinking his teeth in Luna's ass. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the so, Dinkster's already he's on like eye level with the ass already. So oh yeah, he's smooth. He's, if he wanted to, he could go right to hole. It's it's a more natural move for 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 the Dinkster for sure. For the for the Dinkopotamus. You think he's still with us? Dink? No, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure uh Dink has gone to that carnival in the sky. Oh. Uh, was it just always one Dink, you think, or was it uh kind of a ro- rotating cast like with the Doink? I think it was just one Dink. Uh, should we give him give him a moment of silence a moment of silence? I think that if anybody ever deserved it, Dink's on the list. Alright. Well, uh Dink. Moment of silence. Speaking of a dink, TNA talks about uh, Jeff Hardy being ordered to be here. And he hasn't arrived yet, but... I mean, he's got to arrive tonight or else he's getting fired. Yeah, unless he, <laughs> he misses a flight. It's kind of been nice without him on, on the card. It has been nice without him on the cards. You're right. Well, Skipper gets in there, really gives it to Sharky. And Dutt hits a bunch of high-flying stuff. So he gets caught trying to do a head scissor, and Skipper put him in put him in a backbreaker. And Young gets in there and catches Sanjay in a variation of that B-hole slam. That's got to be the move of the year, the B-hole slam. Yeah, it's way better than your fucking beloved Canadian destroyer. I hope we see it later on today, man, but we haven't been seeing it nearly enough. I hope I never see it again. Hope I never see you again. You see me? Look at me right now. Look at me. You see me right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Saban and uh, Simon Diamond get in there. Saban hits a huge springboard dropkick before Skipper and Young get in there to save the day. So everybody's in there. We got a little bit of a melee. Sanjay hits an insecurity on De Young and gets two. At this point, TNA says that Diamond calls himself a combination between Bobby Knight, Joe Torrey, and Lou Holtz. A little basketball coach, a little baseball coach, a little football action in him. What do you think of that? You've done a little bit of coaching in your day. Yeah, I've done a lot of coaching. What do you think of Simon Diamond? Is he a uh, is he just tooting his own horn here? I don't think he's a combination of any of them. 
I suppose Bobby Knight, like, he got a little aggressive. Yeah, he, he was known for throwing things on the court. Right, choking players and stuff. He just departed us, too. Uh, oh, but yeah. The, then uh, I don't think so in my, like, I don't know. I Like, I would not want to be, like, I mean, with all due respect to Lou Holtz, I, I wouldn't mix Lou Holtz in there. I wouldn't mix, who was the other one? Joe, was it Joe Torrey? Joe Torrey. Right, I wouldn't mix Joe Tor- Torrey in there. If you want to compare yourself to a coach as a wrestler, okay, Bobby Knight, I'm with you. But you also need other ass-kicking coaches. Who else was an ass-kicking coach? Vince Lombardi. Oh, yeah? What about the Chiefs coach? What the hell is his name? Stram? Uh, Stram, yeah. <laughs> 55-toss power trap. Uh, he was a good one. <laughs> Jerry Glanville, he was an ass-kicker. Buddy Ryan, well, pretty much the entire Ryan family. <laughs> Tom Landry. Nah. Nah. You need somebody with a hat, like a distinguished hat, right? Most oh, of these guys had are, a hat. He had one, Landry. The the Phillips, they had the cowboy hats. Bum Phillips? So are we talking Bum Phillips? Let's talk about the Ryans. You mentioned Phillips, though, and... I'm okay with that. Yeah. He's yeah, kind of a bomb. badass. The bum. Yeah. So you think just stick with Bobby Knight out of those three? Or do you, yeah, you just because, come up with a better better badass? Because when you mix in like Lou Holtz and Joe Torrey, it's like, you know, yeah, he's a mixture of Tom Kelly Holtz and Phil Jackson, like just all the, the fucking most mild mannered coaches that you could put together. You're a fucking wrestler, man. Get some aggressive coaches. Yeah, have a little wild man in you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have him bring back Dink, right? <laughs> After several uh, counters and reversals in the ring, Saban gets the pin with some sort of a victory roll. There's a little bit of junk in this one, for the, but for the most part, they followed tag team rules. The uh, team of Shark Boy and Chris Saban, Sanjay Dutt, pick up the win. So I guess yeah, Young's last streak continues. Yeah, there was. I didn't like this match. At multi man tag opener, it just wasn't for me. Uh, at one point, Skipper did uh, another rope walk Rana that looked like just absolute trash and then obviously you had to have your dive to the floor so old shark got the dive to the floor there so that was your that was your first one so far overall i didn't need this match on the pay-per-view i think i would read the pre-show was that siaki and apollo yeah they took on mikey betts and somebody else yeah i'd take that over this match afterwards diamonds pissed it's pissed He's pretty devastated. He gets right up at Skipper's face. It's like there's some uh, dissension in the ranks of the Diamonds in the Rough. Well, TNA and Wes talk about the pre-show. They tell us that TNA is coming to Spike TV. And they can't shut up about it for the rest of the show. I mean, I guess, a pretty, I guess it's a pretty big deal getting off of that strictly online show, right? 
Yeah, I mean, to go from Fox Sports Net to not having a home to Spike TV. I mean, Spike TV is a good was a good spot for them to be at this time. Uh, the only problem is that they had Saturday. Like Saturday's a tough time spl- spot, so mm. like, it's cool they got network, but you got network on Saturday. Double J's been showing up, and he wants his title shot. He's been bugging Larry Legend about getting a shot for months. So we're showing on the pre-show. Tanae, he looks to be, he looks like he's so proud of TNA, right, for being back on TV. Jerry comes out with like with what looks like a scroll in his hands. I thought he was about to make some sort of a decree. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What Ryan type of that. decree was he going to make? Throughout the show, he'll be talking about, you know, this what's going to happen when they go on to Spike TV. There's going to be some major cuts and whatnot. So maybe maybe that was supposed to be his decree. Names. Oh, yeah. I hereby Guys, decree all these names cut. They, they can't all make the cut, man. We found some better man. <laughs> <laughs> So Larry Legend says Double J will get a title shot if he beats Raven tonight. And but if he gets beat, he doesn't get a title shot for a year. So here's my my problem, and you probably picked up on this right away too. So the fall is not going to involve either of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't be able to call it like that. Nope. It should be a little more, you know, a little more something there. It's such a silly, hokey, fucking extra stipulation to throw on it. It's not needed. It's silly. It screams Rusi to me. Don't like it. You think maybe Rusi snuck back in in the back door? I don't think so. I don't know who's running their you know their creative department this time. I'd like to think that Double J wouldn't do something like this just for you know fun. But I'm a little concerned he might. <laughs> he has been having some fun lately. Yeah. We'll see quite a bit of Double J in this show. We get sent back to the Dougler. He's talking about the relationship between the Naturals and AMW. Jimmy Hart gets on the mic and says, anything can happen, and it's all about the titles. But tonight, it's about putting an end to Team Canada's reign of terror. It was so silly, too, because they, they asked him about his plan. He's like, do I have a plan? How could I? <laughs> what are you t- You're the fucking manager. Always have a plan. Mm-hmm. Does, does he feel, does it seem like he's phoning in a little bit? Or is it just advanced yeah, we'll, age? Or- we'll, we'll get to him yeah. a little bit later. But, yeah, he seems out of place. Yeah. Then Double J comes in and interrupts the interview. It's a nice touch. I like that he does that. He says that the Nantras could be on the unemployment line after they go after they go to Spike. He suggests that they have a combined IQ of thirty five. He says that they gotta stick together if they wanna, you know, survive the cuts. Mouth says Double J's paranoid and they storm off. So yeah, Jimmy Hart, man, he should be giving me some more something. Right? Yeah, I've 
Well, he did. I'll say I'm gonna I'm gonna walk it back a little bit on my previous statement because at this didn't he say something to the effect of when Double J was talking about everybody's getting cut, all that kind of stuff, and Jimmy was supposed to back him up, and he was like, "Yeah, I we've seen I've seen this before, tons of times in the wrestling business. I know what it is. It's paranoia." Mm-hmm. It was a pretty decent response. Well, he, he diagnosed what what was going on. Yeah. Well, he's no doctor of uh, style slick, but I mean. No. No, I'm I starting to wonder him. at this point if he's even a Larry Raspberry. I don't know. You think Larry Raspberry was the, the, the leader of the band? The name like the that? Name like, yeah, with a name like Larry Raspberry, you kidding me? Uh, well, next up, we got Alex Shelley taking on Shocker. Damn it. Is the third match, the rubber match in the series between these two. Shocker comes out to his God Smack tune. Keep away from me. (laughs) So Shocker comes out, he's looking all cool with his black shiny shit, and then he rips it off and he's just wearing a stupid old white tights. Okay. All right, two things I'm going to say right now. Two things. Go away. <laughs> I'm doing the best right now. Uh, so, one, you're going to critique Shocker, right? And Shocker, you know how much I, I can't, I, I don't like Shocker. You know how much I don't like Shocker. Alex Shelley, on the other hand, comes down with tights that have the at symbol and then an L and then an X to, I guess, spell Alex? That those tr- those trunks were miserable. Like those were bad trunks. Now I'm going to do one thing that I thought I would never do. <laughs> I'm going to pay Shocker a compliment. Oh yeah. I liked his trunks. Now I'll tell you why. Stay with me. Were they white? Yes. Could they have used a little touch of color in there? Absolutely. But the- he had like these these raised like three dimensional trunks. Like it was almost like they were, they had like, like padding in the sides of them in uh, like almost like a lightning bolt design. I thought that was awesome. I want some of those, man. Oh man. Shocker's doing it for you this time, huh? No, shut the fuck up. Shocker is not doing it for me. (laughs) Keep talking like that. I'm going to give you the shocker. (laughs) I'm saying his trunks. His, this is the best thing he's done all season. His trunks. trunks. Yeah, man. Do you didn't think that was cool? A little raised like design on the sides of him. I was just disappointed when he abandoned the black shiny for the white. Well, I've I've been disappointed every time I've had to see him, but here we are, man. You're impressed, huh? All right. Well, I didn't, sure say, we'll... I didn't say I was impressed. I said I liked them. Well, I'm sure we'll get to see him next time because I don't think Shocker's going anywhere, man. So both these guys are wearing a necklace. That can backfire. Maybe they got like a gentleman's understanding, like don't fuck with the necklace, you know? You think they wanted to play a little game called Get the Necklace? Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Shocker. 
He locks on a nice-looking leg lock early on as we hear that he's 33 and Shelly's 22. He does a, it's a half crab. Is that what you're talking about? Was he hit the, the half crab? Oh, yeah. And fuck, Don West blows all of the loads he's had. He thought it was the most sexy move he's ever seen. You saw sexy. It was fucking miserable, man. It was a half crab. Now, don't get me wrong. I appreciate the half crab. But settle down, Don West. Still saving up them loads, man. Oh, man, he's spunked everywhere. Crowd doesn't seem very interested in this one. Not nearly as much as DW as Tanae is taking the call on him. What do you, you like DW or is that a... No. No. Quit trying to be cute, TNA. I mean, I think that the the commentary team is... Watching this season and uh, and last season, the, the, the final year's WCW, has really made it so clear to me how important your commentary team is. Oh, yeah. Because we have not had a good commentary team in a while. Well, Shelly, he gets going. He sets up Shocker in like a half-shattered dreams type position in the corner. Instead of kicking his ball bag, he kicked his leg out of his leg. And Shelly gets dumped to the outside. Shocker goes out after him with a front flip over the top. Dive to the floor number two. This is pretty impressive, though. I just saw it in the last match. Man, he caught himself when he seen that his opponent was moving away. And landed it, man. Talking about the shoulder dive to the floor? I'm talking about the flippy guy over the top. Does a full damn front flip and then just does kind of one of them tuck and roll things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he goes, yeah. No, man. We're going to see dive to the floor two and three. Okay. Two and three. I get a little too excited. In fucking two matches, three dives to the floor. I'm I'm sick of it, man. I bet we get to ten for the show. Very possible. Well, Shelly, we'll get back to giving him some props here. He delivers a hell of a kick to the back of Shocker's head. Goes for Tornado DT, gets denied. And then, Shocker, you got to tell me here. TNA says he hits a Lucha backbreaker. What's a Lucha backbreaker? (laughs) Part of me would like to talk to TNA just to call him out. I've never heard of a Lucha backbreaker before. I'm pretty sure he's making it up. He probably thinks just because he's got Shocker, he can throw Lucha in front of anything. I would like to hear, like, I would like to hear a Spanish announced team commentator actually break down all of TNA's wrongs. Mm. Would you be able to understand him, though? Get a translator. Uh, and TNA, the thing with him, too, is he always... He still sounds like he knows he's what he's talking about, but... It's because nobody's questioning. 
Right. Dom West doesn't know what the fuck's going on. You think he's going to go, hey, Mike TNA, you want to tell me what a lucha backbreaker is? See, that was the beauty of a guy like Bobby the Brain. He'd call everybody out on their shit. Right. It was great. Right. He wasn't afraid of, you know, making his colleague look like, like a fool. That's what you're shooting yeah. for. Yeah. Jesse, too. Jesse would do that. Oh, yeah. Jesse the body. Those were a couple of better men. They were much better men. <laughs> In the old booth. Well, they get back to the ring, and Shelly hits a stunner to Shocker using that top rope. And then once again, he goes flying over the top. That must be splash number two, huh? Are you okay with one big splash a match? No, not per match. No? Can maybe do two per show, maybe. Oh, you got too many high flyers, man. You have to fucking figure something out. Man, Shocker's really delivering some cans of whoop-ass to Shelly in this one. He is a sort of twisting figure four. You can see the pain on the young fella's face. Is that what that was, or is TNA just making that up? It's fine. Okay. It's a weird-looking uh, leg lock there. So, I mean, we get a little back and forth. Shelly hooks up a few times. Bounces back, goes for a leg lock of his own. Gets rolled into a small package by Shocker for two. Eventually, Shelly rolls up Shocker in the Mahi straw, but his legs are wrapped up in the ropes in plain view of the official. So he gets the win, but that's pretty bad officiating. So I loved the the Mahi straw, and then him wrapping his legs around the ropes. I thought that was a very well-done, creative spot, especially if you're going to use it as like a cheating spot, because you don't, you don't generally see people cheat with the uh, that that version of the cradle. I mean, like it's, it's something I, I right. don't know if I'd seen prior to him doing it. And I don't know that I've seen it. I'm sure I have just cause the amount of wrestling I've watched, but it doesn't stick out to me. So that was nice. I liked that finish. Cheat. Hmm. Fuck him. You just kind of expect incompetence from the refs. Incompetence. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you're right. I mean, that might be the first Mahi Straw roll-up we've seen this season. Pretty sure it is. And then throw in that leverage to boot. I mean, I guess it's about as good of a shocker match as we can expect. We get the juggler in the back with a BS. James Mitchell. So juggler, he thinks he's all smart. Going back to his Dean Douglas days, quoting some war facts. Talking about Tojo and WW2 and Pearl Harbor and such. So he asked Mitchell if they, you know, if they just did a Pearl Harbor job and Lance Hoyt and, you know, woke him up. And Mitchell says, yeah, we woke him up. But Abyss is going to give it to him. Wake up, I'm going to give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) I like James Mitchell. He's a nice nice little addition out there. 
I don't. I've never. I've never minded James Mitchell. He's a little bit different. Calls Abyss not only a monster but a weapon of mass destruction. Oh, you know what have been sweet. Huh? I know we, we we probably talked a little bit too much music already in this episode, but what if TNA signed Nazareth to redo Hair of the Dog? But did now you're messing with Son of a Biss. The son of a Biss. Yeah. Now you're all messing with a Son of a Biss. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't know if it worked, though, because he's not. He's, I mean, he's just Abyss. He's not Son of a Biss. Like today, maybe, if his son were coming up that, through the ranks. Yeah, that could be. Gotta be so fucking sweet. <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, messing with a son of a bitch! <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet, man. Or if James Mitchell sang it, and Abyss was his son, and yeah, they could have sang, Now you're messing with a... Wait, no. With my... My son <laughs> of a bitch! So that wouldn't work out either. I had a thought in my head. It's fucking gone now. I actually worked it out. I was like, oh, that'll work. Turns out I was fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Next up, we got the Battle of the Big Fellas. Oh, yes. He's taking on Lance Hoyt. Lance has got some white pants on, and he's a house of fire. Gets a bis in the corner, does that 10 count with the crowd yelling Hoyt instead of counting. I guess it's easier that way. Looks like yeah, may- looking at some of the crowd, it's pretty sure some of them are falling off right around six. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Update on the tramp stamp. Looks like he might be covering it up. You think he's a little, a little ashamed? I don't think he's ashamed. I think maybe it was a drunk mistake. I don't think it was that either. Oh. I think maybe he's just getting he's just getting too many too many sexy ladies hitting on him. Oh yeah, yeah. Tramp stamps being a little too effective. Yeah, too effective. It's like uh, it's when a dude gets it, it's like the opposite, right? Wait, no, it's like the same thing. Because all the ladies are like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> tramp stamp." It's like a, like those old Axe body spray commercials. <laughs> Where all the honeys show up, right? But now, oh, yeah. now, now Hoyt's got the tramp stamps. So all the honeys are going right to him. You think maybe he's found found a special lady? He's trying to trying to beat the rest of them off with the <laughs> trying to beat the rest of them <laughs> off. Men, women, all take. He's going to beat them off. <laughs> Yeah, just a thought, you know, because it, it looks like he's pulling them them trousers up a little more each time. But he knocks the bis to the outside early on, does a flying man over the top. Pretty impressive for the for the big guy. He's probably the only guy on the roster who's got a height advantage over the monster. Is he taller? Yeah, they did the stare down. He was I taller. must have missed that. Yeah. Hmm. So Abyss makes a comeback. They spent most they spent most of the match on the floor so far. They finally get the ring. Abyss goes for that spear in the corner, ends up hitting the post. 
I always like seeing a post spot. Yeah. Goes for a big boot in the corner, misses. Crowd's chanting something, but I'm not sure what it is. Did you did you catch that? No. No. No, I didn't. What did it sound like? Oh, it was a chant. Well, I mean, what kind, what type of chant? Like a chant from a druid, a druid. It was like a, well, not not a druid chant. Okay. It's like a don 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 don. I don't know if it was like Abyss Sucks or We Love Hoyt or something a little more sinister. Is it maybe TNA? TNA. TNA. Was it maybe that one? Maybe it was TNA. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't I would, I would have probably noticed that, though. Yeah, it's a, yeah, true. I was wondering if it was the Druids because remember they used to do the oh, Abyss. And they did. Abyss is gonna kill you. The same thing for Joe, too. Joe's gonna kill you. They did a lot of weird... TNA had some, some chance, that's for sure. Abyss, he's a big splash for a two. Both these guys have uh, some good aerial assaults for big fellas. Tanae reminds us that Big Lance is from Big D. Oh, yeah. Big Lance hits a few high-impact moves to take down Abyss. Hits him with a choke slam and a moonsault. Can't put him away. And Abyss hits the B-hole slam. Also can't put him away. Nothing's protected anymore, man. I know. Even, this is 2005. Not even a B-hole slam. You think, do you think TNA is the reason why we get so many false finishes now? This might be it. Yeah. I mean... You might be able to point at ECW. It's like a little kind of whatever, you know. Yeah. But yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of what we see today. But we we are seeing a lot of innovative innovative offense. I mean, that's probably been the highlight of the season so far. And uh Abyss got the chair and, and Hoyt boots it into his face. Now Hoyt grabs the chair. Puts on Abyss's face. So the ref should probably remove that thing, right? Yeah. But Jerry Lynn would have. Yeah. He would have. But Hoy hits a damn Van Terminator across the ring. Pretty impressive. Only gets it's a short ring. It's a short ring. He's a bigger guy. It's not that impressive. It looked cool, man. You know, what's funny is that he does that, and you're right, it does look cool. I'm not going to, I won't argue that. And it's still a feat, especially for a big man to do that. And Wes doesn't cream nearly as much as he creamed over Shocker's half crab. You're right. Yeah. I guess gotten another B-hole slam, and that's going to be enough. Put Hoyt away, and the best gets the victory. Pretty good uh, big guy match, I guess. You know, it's it's interesting you say that because my first note of, of this match was, I'm not into this. And they never brought me in either. Huh. Yeah. Not, not into the big Haas guy fight, huh? Usually I am. Usually I go for a couple of big, you know, big knockers, knocking nards, but this one just didn't do it for me. Let me go to the back to... Shane Douglas, he's with BG James, is going to be the special guest official in the next match. 
going to find out where his heart's at. Douglas really stumbling with his words back there. Says the reasoning for this match is to find out where his head is. And B, B just starts making all these different religious references, and all of a sudden he's Daniel and all this. Like just, just be using the lines then. Yeah, I just, you know, good for you. Whatever you're, you're a religious guy, you found your religion. Good for you. I I applaud you. But I don't, I don't see the correlation here. And it's really hard to take a guy that calls himself B Jizzle seriously in any type of religious context, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think he's maybe talking about being uh, like persecuted or something like that. But he's the one who hit the cone zone with a guitar a couple weeks back. Yeah. And now he's pretended to be the victim. I don't, I don't know if that's right with me. Yeah. And you, you see that shit sometimes too. Like you'd, Guys that, uh, or guys or gals, I guess, really, that, you know, found their religion and now all of a sudden they want to quote, you know, they want to quote scripture in different spots. Say, yeah, you don't need to leave it, you know, keep it and uh, go do that on Wednesday nights or Saturdays or Sundays or wherever you want to do it. But I'm not listening to fucking a bee jizzle sermon. Oh, he's in the lion's den, man. Then he deserves to be there, and he deserves to be eaten by lions. Man, imagine this pay-per-view took place like a couple thousand years ago in ancient Rome. <laughs> that would probably be in the cards. And <laughs> 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 Beaches would be like, no, lion, it hurts my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him t- trying to talk the lion out of it. Yeah. So truth comes into the into the shot. Says we're like brothers, man. Got to move past this man, and we got to convince the cone zone. Who comes in there screaming? He's all pissed. Says dog's heads up his ass. Sounds like he's done with B Jizzle. We're just like brothers, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't give a shit about it. And Truth says, man, we, we got Spike TV coming up, so we got to make this thing right. Really using that Spike TV. Yeah, it's a real crutch. I mean, maybe because they don't have a mystery limo guy, the uh, the Spike TV. They don't have a mystery limo guy. Not seeing the bimbos. They don't got Dusty's truck. They don't have an election going on. I suppose they got to do something. They got to find something. Got to be something going on. Right, a common thread. So we get a package for this next match. Big storyline. It's been in the works for months. Mr. Ash showed up and then recently changed his name to Kip, Kip James because Road Dog is a brother. The dog's loyalty is on the line here. He hasn't been able to cold cock his old buddy. We're told about the history between the guys, and hopefully we get a resolution tonight so that we can get on with things. Showing that three live crew music video again. Then we see Conan just getting accidentally clobbered. Something's got to give here, man. So these guys faced off last month. We're talking about three live crew and taking on Kip James and Monty Brown. This time, B. Jizzle's the official. So after B. Jizzle <clears throat> makes his entrance, ass gets out there. 
with his uh he comes out to like an instrumental version of the I'm an ass man tune. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty straight rip off. Yeah. And they say now he's out of Georgia because that's where the Armstrongs are from. It's kind of a <laughs> funny touch. That's a nice touch. So the teams go after it on the outside right away, and we don't get the Conan asking about his dogs. None of that spiel this time. Bad guys get the advantage early on, and I'm not sure if there's going to be tags or not here. Yeah, that was one of the things early on. I was going, I don't, I don't know what's going. I if there's anything that's going to be special about the match or the rules, they should definitely let us know that. And this is just a tag match, so then they should definitely just be tagging. Truth connects with the leg drop on the ass's package. Looks like the dog has established some order, and we're going to have some tags, so. Nice job, road dog. Brown's in there. He's putting the herd on Truth. Did we hear that Daryl Talley's in the impact zone? No way. You hear that? I didn't hear that. Oh. I was just going to ask if you've seen him, but yeah, TNA drops a Daryl Talley. I'm like. It's a weird reference. And I didn't see him. I'm right. just kind of wondering if he's just picking a linebacker at random. Not a, it wouldn't even be a reference. What would that be? Um, Just a guy, his name, really. Yeah. But it's a, it's a weird pull. But of all the guys to be there, Daryl Talley. Buffalo Bills, man. I know, but yeah, he's probably retired now. Maybe he doesn't have anything other to do. Uh, so, did you at all? Well, two things. One, I like that uh, B Jizzle's wearing black pants, but I think they might be wind pants, and that's not not acceptable. It's a better look than jeans, but I yeah. prefer jeans. So Jizzle makes his first count. And they're very concerned about the speed of the count. And Don West says, that's pretty good. It's a, It was a very slow count. And then Tanae says, well, we're going to have to see him do it some more and be able to c- compare. In the middle of the match, they're breaking down how fast B. Jizzle's count is. And Don West just goes, oh, pretty good. Tina's like, no, we're going to have to see a duel more and compare. We'll have to see when he pins another, when one of the other guys pins a different guy, then we'll have to compare. What are you fucking talking about? Call the match. Arguing about whether or not, and then we got to compare when they're, it sucked. So what'd you think of his count, man? It was slow. <laughs> was he partial? No, nah, I just think it was a slow count. Just he doesn't get down quick count? enough either. Yeah, he doesn't get down quick enough, and that's, that's the whole thing. I know his brother. We've seen his brother officiating, right? Brad? I think so. Have, like dyed hair. I'm pretty yeah, sure we see right. Brad Armstrong, yeah. Anyways, well, the cone zone, he's all pissed, takes his shoe off, nails ass in the midsection with it, and then he throws it at Brown, but he hits Dog with it. Oh, man. And then ass, he goes for the fame, so he misses. 
Conan Ramsey's face into the mat. Monty goes for a splash of truth, but he misses and eats the guardrail. Meanwhile, chair comes in. Into the ring, BG. BG doesn't let either team use it at first. And then uh, he ends up beating up Mr. Mister Ass. And Conan gets the chair back, hits ass with it, and picks up the win. Crowd was pretty mixed. What do you think here? We got a, we got a resolution here. Three LKs back together. Yeah, it's it's okay, I guess. I th- the more I'm thinking about it, I think they were less mixed and more anti three LK. I think they wanted, you know, James the old Jizzle and uh, and James combo there. <laughs> Ass and Jizz, right? That's what they want. That's what we all want. They didn't get it, so <laughs> they weren't really they weren't very pumped. It, the, the, the ending really felt. It was it was okay. I was fine with how the match ended, but the crowd did not seem very into it at all. The one thing that did happen that I really appreciated was after uh, after Dog threw his punch to uh, to ass, he turned his back, and then Cone Zone hit him with the chair. And then just turned around and counted the three. Like, that was... It's such a small detail, but it makes so much sense. Right. Like, you can't disqualify him. He didn't see it. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a very... It's the smallest of details, but it makes such a big difference to me. So that was a good call there. Great call. Get some dancing. And TNA tells us we got the World Series, the Final Four, the Super Bowl. All rolled into one. <laughs> Coming up this October with Bound for Glory. They get a package with the voice man and we see him. Yeah. What did you think of that? That was fine. He's wearing like uh kind of what I would imagine would be some African garb. Yeah, man, I forget what they're called. Like a dashiki or a tashik, something like that. <laughs> the hat number, and the gown, the whole the whole yeah. get up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he looks pretty badass. He looks like he should be in Lion King. Yeah, and they yeah. didn't have any human characters in Lion King, though. You sure about that? Yeah, I'm sure. What about uh, what about Jafar? That's Aladdin. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> good catch. Yeah, bad call by you. <laughs> <laughs> and my wires crossed there or something like that. Yeah, what about Jafar? <laughs> I thought he was yeah, the guy, he was, man. He was, he was the only human in Aladdin. <laughs> I thought he was the evil poacher in The Lion King or something. The evil poacher in The Lion King? <laughs> the fuck? Lion King 7? Could be. Return Straight to the to... Cave of Wonders? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we're getting an internet dream match coming up next, which Christopher Daniels is going to not defend his title, but going to de- defend his title of uh, Mr. TNA against Austin Aries. So Daniels gets on that mic, says it's time for some gospel. 
He calls uh, Austin Aries Mr. Independency, but he's Mr. TNA. It says this match is going to be a tune-up for him. I mean, realistically, TNA is kind of like a glorified indie at this point. Uh, yeah. Christopher Daniels looks pretty sharp, man. Comes down, he's got almost like a suit he's wearing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looking pretty good. So, Austin Aries, I must have just had a blind spot, but he's a Minnesota guy. Uh, he's a Milwaukee guy. Trained we, by Eddie, he, I believe he was trained by Sharky in Minnesota. Yeah, we've seen him live at Eddie's Did we shows see in him? Yep. Yeah, I was, was going to say. A couple times. Seems like everybody's trained by that Eddie, Eddie Sharky character. Yeah, I, I've met him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's not doing much training these days. No. Old guy? Oh, yeah. Smoking his squares. Mm. There you go. So this is a non-title match. Strange move, but, I mean, we got no titles on the line at all tonight, so falls right in place. Aries hits a nice flying elbow strike from the top. It takes Daniels down to the mat. Daniels gets knocked to the outside, and then we see that suicide dive by Aries. I suppose he got a problem with that, huh? To the floor? Oh, yeah. Is that number... Is that five now? I don't know, man. I'm enjoying the show. I'm not keeping track. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I bet you're really enjoying the show, you fucking nut knocker. Man, speaking of nut knocker, there's some babes at ringside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Those are like the ringside babes. If they been, they haven't been there for every show, have they? Yes, they have. They have. Yeah, they're like the gals that. So you remember. God, when was it? Like early WCW? They'd have a couple babes down around ringside that would grab like the jackets or the, you know, extra entrance gear. Mm. That's what they do. Huh. And they also cheer a lot. If you if you see them like pan the camera and you catch a like catch an eye on them, you'll see they're cheering always for the faces. So I think they're also like crowd stimulators. Ah. They can stimulate the crowd in my pants. Are you getting stimulated? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aries, he's got a pretty unique set of uh, high-flying moves. Really giving the champion a run for his money here. I do like that the, he does that corkscrew, slingshot corkscrew elbow, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't like that swinging elbow that he does. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. He does this big production of swinging his arms around before he does it. And they try and say, like, it's giving him extra, you know, added, what's the word I'm looking for? Oomph, I guess. Yeah. If I can put it in a less eloquent way. And it doesn't do shit. Doing this big swing around your arms and throwing the elbow doesn't do anything. I don't like it. I like to see uh, Daniels land in a reverse takedown. Yeah, back, in, back in control. Takedown's awesome. So he missed the BME, and then Aries lands a 450. Daniels gets his foot on the rope. Could have been a huge ups- upset there. 
Then Daniels hits the standard takedown. Man. Hits the reverse one, then the standard one. Yeah. So TNA calls that the STO slash judo takedown. So he goes for the pin, gets his feet on the ropes, but Slick Johnson caught him. Aries makes a comeback, but he gets caught in the Angels' wings, and Daniels gets the win. So Aries looked pretty good here. Yeah, this is the the best match so far in this card. It's obvious. I just wish they would have done more inside-the-ring work. Mm. Less dives. You think we're going to see a dive in the next one, man? I think we are. All right. Well, before we get remind to... me though, was that was that dive five? Is that what I said? That sounds right. I lost my pen now. Uh, well, he gets sent to the back with Doug Lurie. He's got America's Most Wanted. They don't want a team with the Naturals, but if that's what they got to do, that's what they're going to do. Chris Harris is in a bad mood, and in comes Double J. He says he's going to make a believer out of the Dougler. TNA going to spike, and there's going to be some major changes. They're the cornerstone of that tag division, but they're on the fired list. So Double J's just trying to spook everybody. Yeah, seemingly. I didn't like this at all. Cowboy just says he's always in a bad mood, right? He's always in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he says he don't trust nobody. And then he goes on to say, like, he doesn't even trust his aunt's cousin who ran over a dog or something. What? Wait. Of course you don't trust somebody who ran over your dog, dipshit. Right. Yeah, Dougler looks confused. I was confused as well. <sighs> we get a flashback to 2004 when JL suffered an injury in that X-Cup. That was back when the ring just had four sides, man. He showed up a couple of months ago as an X-Division pioneer of sorts. We see some footage from that last show where the Blue Jean official Jerry Lynn gave AJ Styles an assist against X-Pac. Blue Jean Jerry. Do, 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 do. All long Harry. Can't find a better man. Counting pins for AJ Styles. <laughs> oh, man. These guys have been getting in each other's faces, and we get some cool footage from when the kid was a kid. The JL man, was showing okay. him the ropes. So this actually is pretty cool. It, it is very cool, actually, because I watched this Jerry Lynn uh, Pac video package maybe ten times. Because, yes. Because <laughs> I swear that one of those is from the scoreboard that I saw them wrestle at. I, I could be wrong, but I swear one of those clips is from the scoreboard. And I was like, I was I was MFing there. I was on a TNA paper. <laughs> not, not that I would want to claim that, obviously, with this one, but like... I, I kept on looking because I kept on looking for myself. I, I swear. I, I could be wrong, but I swear. It's, I'm, 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 I got I I to keep on looking back. I might have to look at uh, some pictures of myself when I was younger just to remember what I looked like. But Yeah, let me know if you spot yourself there, man. 
Well, see, and I don't, I don't know if you ever frequent in the scoreboard or not, but it's got a very, uh, it's a very obvious setup that they have there. So, I'm not too familiar with that joint. Well, Waltman, he's out there first. We got Jerry Lynn taking on Sean Waltman, Minnesota, very well represented in this show. I think that's fucking hat. Uh, Jerry or Sean? No, well, Jerry didn't wear a hat, so obviously it's. Told kid there. Uh, Sean was wearing a hat. I know he has bandana on his way down. Yeah, he wore. The, he had a big old bucket hat on, like an asshole. Oh shit! And he was like doing his X Pac, you know, walk down to the ring that fucking nobody loves. And he, it looks like he flirted with one of those ringside babes a little bit. Camera pans. Yeah. And you know what I see in the audience? What's that? A guy wearing an MXC shirt, Baba Ganoush. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Baba Ganoush. What was that? Most Extreme Elimination, Elimination Challenge? Challenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that show whales ass, man. I wish that streamed somewhere because I'd watch the shit out of it. I bet it's on the YouTube. You could probably find a marathon. That'd be great. You think they got the uh, Conjugal Visit episode on there? <laughs> I hope so. Take off your clothes. I'll show you my hose. I need a conjugal visit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So TNA is talking about how he, he's watched all this video cassette footage of Lynn and Pac from their days on ESPN. That must have been back in the AWA, huh? You get a lot of Jerry Jerry chants. He's wearing those pink trousers. Probably a. Uh, Tribute to the Vikings or Prince or, you know, something purple related here. You just said he was wearing pink trousers as a, as a tribute. <laughs> oh, I got my colors wrong. <laughs> so, so he's wearing the purple trousers. I was trying to figure out where you were going with that. You're like, he's probably wearing those pink uh, trunks as a tribute to the Vikings. Or, and I was like, uh, probably not. <laughs> Or Prince, uh, and I was like, oh, he probably got a lot of tail, maybe, but I don't think that's where you're going. <laughs> you know, it's breast uh, cancer awareness month, right? Yeah. Or something like that. I don't Let's know. Go, go with but that. Were, he wasn't wearing pink tr- trunks. So it looks like they got a test of strength going here. Kind of nice seeing a test of strength. Takes them a couple of times before they actually engage in the test as Lynn gives Waltman some suck it. That was pretty. First, that was seemed so out of character for him to give him the socket, didn't it? Yeah, I think that's the first socket I've seen out of uh, JL. Yeah. Out of JL, yeah. It didn't. I wasn't like opposed to, but it just seems out of character for him to do it. Yeah, he's kind of a wholesome hardcore guy, you know. Yeah. JL, Mister Wholesome Hardcore. And then they go for the the second test of strength, and then. Pac breaks it up and does his like Bruce Lee like <laughs> you know was, you know what I'm saying his karate it's, taunt it sounded like somebody with wind pants just ran <laughs> or you were shooting six the gun back, man. <laughs> no it was, he's doing his like you know his shifty Dan stuff well it wasn't exactly shifty Dan but I get what you're saying so he's TNA tells us to go to the website get tickets for Bound for Glory so you suppose it's still at the same place? It's got to be, right? Yeah. All right. 
they're trying to sell tickets? Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Hmm. Thought this was a free a, a free attraction, man. I'll have to do a deep dive into that, or just ignore it and fail to do so. Yeah, one of the two. I think I know which way I'm going. Uh, Jerry Lynn hits a big head scissors, sending Waltman to the outside. Follows it up with a dive to the outside. Fuck. Oh yeah. Number six. 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 So, what do you think of the early going in this one, man? It's kind of uh, a little slower than I expected. Love it. Love it, huh? Yeah. It needs to be a little bit slower. Did that flying man ruin it for you, or not quite yet? So, the problem is, is that I don't mind the flying man at that spot. But, again, we've already seen five flying men prior to this. That's true. So what makes this flying man any more special? It's a TNA pioneer, Jerry Lynn flying man. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe just let him do it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe all those other fucking jerk-offs earlier can maybe not, maybe not do so so many flying to the fucking arena floor. There's just nothing special about it. Bugs me. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't think Simon Diamond and his team of diamonds in the rough needed to go over the top. Or Shocker. Back I said that was six. Hand here. So they're on the outside. Lots of Nature Boy chaps and woos in this one. They're on the outside. Waltman rams Lynn into the ring post as the announced team do their best to sell the shoulder. Don's afraid that he came back too soon. Poor Jerry. Pockets a killer leg scissor pin move and does a strut into a leg drop. I had, That move caught me off guard. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I think so. He kind of, it's like a, uh, almost like a backslide roll-up thing, but with his legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a cool maneuver. Was this guy is on the entryway coming out to watch the match. Okay. Okay. Hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. Did I miss your favorite part, man? Well, you 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 went right over Pock going to a floor splash, which would have been seven. Well, Pock hit hit the floor splash. Yeah. Diving off the. Uh... The turn or the the corner post there. All right. So we'll call that seven. All right. But also, uh, there was a tilter whirl head scissors that Don West called a hurricane rana. Oh yeah. And TNA just let it slide. Well, he was having so much fun, man. He was so engaged. Oh yeah, he was having a lot of fun, was he? Yeah, man, these are two legends of the, the X Division. Okay. All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, hey, oh, wait, no, man. I, I fucked up. Hold on, I fucked up. What is what is this com? I don't know. I didn't look it up. A thing on the side of the ring? Yeah, I saw it. I've never noticed it. that before. Has that been on all it's, the other shows? 
uh, I don't know if it's all of them, but the majority of them. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I fucked up here, because I... Yeah, on my notes here. Shark comes out. Why? Saban comes out. <clears throat> Why? Duck comes out. Why? Then Pac misses the bu- the buster. Then we get the tilt world head scissors. W- Wes calls it a Rana. Then we get the floor spl- splash by Pac. So I fucked up. My... Oh, yeah, the big flippy guy. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, JL plexes Pac to the floor. And when that happens, like, you don't... Usually it doesn't happen, right? Majority of the time, the guy plexes him on the inside. Mm-hmm. This time he does actually go through and get the plex to the outside. But did you see Sanjay Dutt, how he claps? No. I don't know if it's just maybe how they, they clap in his native land or not, so I, I want to be careful of how I how I critique this. But you know how most people clap, just slap your hands together, right? Right? Usually oh, fingers yeah. on palm. Sometimes you don't usually really go palm on palm. It's usually, you know, fingers on palm make the clap. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So Dutt I know how was doing fingers on palm. Yeah, you get it. You get it. He, Dutt's doing fingers on palm and then switching the hands. He's alternating clapping. Is that just weird as shit? Or <laughs> is that, like, I don't, is it, do, do people clap like that in other places? Do you think it's an ethnic thing? God, well, Maybe, I wasn't going to go, I wasn't going to go there. I was very, I was very, being very careful not to go there in my critique here. But it is a weird fucking way to clap. It seems like a little more extra effort than you need. But it's what he's used to, man. We don't know if that's what he's used to or not. All right, so let's not just throw it that way. I just, I've never seen anybody clap like that before. It's a pretty fancy looking clap. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, I mean, you can see me. The listeners can't see me, so trust trust old d bags here. It's pretty, it's pretty fancy looking, but it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work for the same result. I have to keep an. I have to keep closer eye on. I was when he started clapping. I was sucked in. Man, speaking of sucked, I saw those guys up on the uh, on the the entryway, and I write. I really hope this doesn't end in a shit show with interference. You know? Expect it. Yeah, and then you see the guys up there. We're kind of pleasantly surprised. I mean, Jerry, he's feeling it. He makes a comeback, and it's a sit-down P-mob. He's going for that cradle pile driver. Looking to put away Pac, but he gets hit in the nards, and the Pac hits, hits the next factor. He gets his foot on the ropes, so not done quite yet. TNA says it's important to wear, know where you're at in that ring. Another great take. Uh, JL, it's a huge tornado DDT, and then Waltman hits a tombstone. What's it going to take, man? So Pac, he, he's looking to do like a people's elbow type of situation. He throws the headband into the crowd, and then we hear a throw it back chant. <laughs> with the headband for Pac which is pretty good yeah would you throw it back would you succumb to pure pressure when it comes to keeping Pac's bandana or throwing it back 
Uh, that's a tough one because I don't think I need Pac sweaty bandana. It's a fucking piece of memorabilia. What am I going to do with it, man? Am I, carrying a, am I carrying a plastic bag with me? I don't to know. store it for if later? You're... Am I putting it on my face? Am I that big of a fan? Maybe you are, man. You don't throw... If Pac throws his bandana and you throw it back, man, I'm just disappointed in you. I mean, I think this is brilliant because Pac is a bad guy coming into this, right? Right, right. And he's just... You frame that, man. You frame a Pac... Would would you put a a Pac man in a frame? Would he get notarized and shit? Well, I don't know if notar- if you need a if notarized. I don't know if I don't know if that's the guy I need. You need like a you need an authentic- authenticator guy, right? Yeah, authenticator. That's what you need. Yeah, I get an authenticator for that thing. I put it right over there next to uh, one. I don't know one of my other other autographs. I was going to say next to Uncle Bobby B, but probably not a next to Uncle Bobby B. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jerry Lynn connects with the victory roll and gets the win. Impact Zone is pleased. Waltman creeps over on his knees. Oh, yeah. Oh, shake hands. And then Waltman drops him with a shoulder breaker, and Tanae loses his shit. Throws JL over the railing, grabs a chair, clobbers his shoulder with it. The X Division guys from the ramp come out to save the day, and Waltman goes over to the announce desk. To get yelled at. So you called them. You called them the X Division guys. I called them the Ramp Boys. <laughs> like the same Ramp thing. Boys. Yeah, it's the same difference, I guess. <laughs> Man, I thought this was a good heel job by Xbox because they were already booing him. Yeah. And then after the match, he does that deal where he fakes being a sportsman guy. You know what's really funny? Business. Is that he's actually a super likable guy, but nobody likes him. I don't, like, I don't get it. Right. Got that Xbox heat, man. Yeah, but he is—he's a super nice, super likable person. I, I just—I don't understand why. Why so many people hate him? You got any guesses? Maybe the dope. Maybe the Bjorn. Uh, yeah, those are a couple of strikes usually. Yeah. You think maybe that uh maybe that baby diaper match? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one? We'll get to that we'll get to that year one of these one of these uh series of episodes. I'm very much looking forward to it. <laughs> oh man, I think that was the same year that had the uh the hog pen match, buried alive match, all sorts of fun stuff. I think so, yeah. Maybe someday if the the gods look down on us favorably. We'll get to cover something fun. But for now, back to TNA. We go back to where the juggler gives a speech about Team Canada. Before handing it over to EY, who sounds like he lost his voice. Still got Demore's picture in the locker. Because he's still out of commission. Uh, Petey says he'll be back soon. Bobby Roode says the hockey stick means a comeback, and Team Canada's making a comeback. And the comeback's not going to stop until they get what they want. Oh, yeah. 
And Petey leads the crew off with O Canada, and they head to their match. It was weird when they leave. You know, they they all sing O Canada in unison, which is pretty cool. It's a good song. It's a tasty jam. Oh yeah. But then the the camera goes to Fran, and Fran just he doesn't say it audibly, but you can tell that he's saying what with confusion on his face, like he doesn't know the fucking song. You've heard the fucking song, Fran. It's a good song. It's a classic tune, man. Right, that's what I'm saying. Especially with his job, you would think he'd be a little more familiar, right? Do you think that there's a radio station that just plays anthems? Like the the United Nations uh, Broadcasting Company? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like, And they just play all the fucking, all the hits from all over the place. That's not a bad idea, actually, because there's something like 200 countries, right? Yeah. If you played everybody's tune, you'd probably squeeze, you'd probably get everybody's tune in in, in a day. Right. You just play them on a loop? I think it'd be a good, like, cultural thing, you know? Man, I just felt we got the theme from fucking Nigeria, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. You get more of a taste for, uh, you know, sounds of the world. Right. Maybe bring people together. That's not a bad idea. You're welcome. However, I'm not sure, like... Is there any, any more than one verse of O Canada? Because, like, that's all that we hear is that one verse. Yeah. Do you think there's, like, an extended version? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily extended. I think the anthem is just the anthem. But there's definitely a second verse, man. You're kind of disappointing me. Well, just like the Star Spangled Banner, there's a couple more verses to that that nobody ever say, sings. <clears throat> it would be a good opportunity with this new radio show to, you know, you could hear the whole thing. That's what I'm getting at. But we get Jimmy Hart in the back talking about age and experience and youth and youth and enthusiasm. We see Bobby using the mouse megaphone on the naturals. AMW coming to save him. So we got Team Canada taking on America's Most Wanted and the Naturals. Nothing really at stake here. Just a couple of teams that have been feuding against Team Canada. This is pretty much the whole tag division right here. Right? It's silly. You opened up with a multi-man tag, right? You had another tag. You have no championships on the line. So why don't we take our tag team champions, instead of putting them in a feud and having the titles be on the line, why don't you team them with AMW to be in a massive eight-man tag match? Really know how to piss me off. I just hope we get at least one Canadian destroyer in this one. Hope somebody Canadian destroys your dick. Oh yeah. Not like that. <laughs> I'll keep you posted, dude. I'll post you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. AMW comes out. I kind of dig those trench coats they got, man. They're pretty badass. I think maybe I should get one. What are they called? Dusters? Is that what they are? I think so. Yeah, I kind of like it. Jimmy Hart leads the tag champions out there. 
We kind of mentioned this a little early on, but he does seem a little out of place here. I just hope that we hear him shouting commands and encouragement. Yeah, he doesn't look... He doesn't look right in the impact zone. I think it'd be a great tribute if, like, one of today's managers, maybe, like, a J.J. Rogue, used a megaphone. Oh, you do? It'd be a nice callback to the mouth, man. I think he's his megaphone's retired. The I, just don't the think time, I don't think enough time has passed. Uh, we got a kitchen sink to start that start off. We get that face buster on the knee combo that I like from the Naturals. So minute into this match, I already hate it. Wrote down minute in, hate it. That was the entire time. I'm just waiting for it to break down. That's all. Just waiting for a breakdown. That's it, huh? Yeah. And it takes me out of the match. Because I want it to be just a tag. Even if it's an eight-man tag, I still want it just to be a fucking tag match. And I know it's going to fall apart. Mm. What was that Clash song? Searching for a clampdown? Is that what it is? Uh, working for the clampdown. Working for the clampdown. Okay, so I know I kind of took us on a side road here, but that was actually my next my next note was wait, waiting for this to break down. What was the name of that song? Something for a clampdown. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to make sure I wrote that down so I could ask you because I couldn't remember the the if it was searching for a clampdown or so I was waiting for a breakdown, searching for a working for the clampdown. Yeah, it was a whole thing. I could have yeah, just easily looked it up on my phone, but I, I thought it'd be funnier if I asked you. That's classic. Cl- classic. Class classic. Number. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a fucking a, classic. Fucking like classic, man. <laughs> man, you stumbled over your words and f- fucking landed right on a golden, golden <laughs> number there. It's a fucking classic. Fucking classic, man. So what I mentioned about Jimmy Hart a couple minutes ago, I'm very, very disappointed. Did you hear him screaming into that thing once? No. Why is he out there? I mean, it's cool that he's out there. I like seeing him out there. Right. But that's his thing, man. I was looking forward to some of this fun that's been, like, escaping us. You know when I did hear it? Huh. I said, old classic Royal Rumble, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Sure did. Oh, yeah. Come on, baby. Yeah. You know, and then he would just keep going. You got to stay on top of him, baby. You got to stay on top of him, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Oh, come on, ref. He can't do that. Uh, Come on, baby. It's the best. (laughs) You know? Uh, Didn't hear any. That that took me out of the match. Yeah. I mean, we get to see the eye of the storm, which I like. It's a sloppy-looking move, but it follows that up with a Lenny Lane-like suplex. And then I got to get to this spot. Eric Young, right? He gets out of a move, gets behind Chase Stevens, punts him right in the A-hole slash ball bag. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, when he he, he runs to the corner and he goes to kind of lift up and so he lands behind him and then he lands and he fucking kicks him right in the (laughs) B-hole. Or in the ball bag, I don't know. It's kind of a gooch kick, isn't it? 
right in there. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you which zone took the most punishment. Right, there. right. Because there's three. There's well, there's really four zones down there that you want to be sensitive about. You know, they're all in succession. There, you got your BH, you got your Gooch, you got your Ball Bag, you got your Penois. Right. Man, any any fire to that area. That's a good offensive move. I want to. I want to take just one, one minute before that happened, because uh, TNA starts talking about talking to the back. He's given. He's doing commentary, but he just starts talking to the back, asking them about Jerry Lynn's status, and then he's like having a conversation with them in the back. Oh, oh, I've just been made aware. They just told me. Is this true? Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Lynn's going to the hospital. Fuck you, Mike TNA. Fuck you. Watch the commentate on the match. His acting is not very good. But for him just be like, no. like ca- calling the match and then just being like, can, can, can we get word? How's Jerry doing? How is Jerry? We want to know how Jerry's doing right during this, this eight man tag match that you fucking take all this time to build up. But now you want to know how Jerry's doing? Not on, I don't know impact.com tna impact wrestling.com whatever your fucking com site is maybe you revisit it on saturday your new saturday slam show no right now during the match he wants to talk about what how jerry lynn's status is fuck my ass i made note of this this happens a few times in the card uh you just pointed it out but big a big time wcw trades is like spending the match talking about something else so there's a match going on in front of you. Right. And we're starting to get more of that action. But, man, another match. Another can- We don't get a Canadian Destroyer in this one, which is disappointing. But we did get another dive to the floor. We got, well, EY, he got kind of kicked in the back of the, the head, and then he did a face plant onto the floor. That was a little different. Yeah, yeah. I'm not counting that as a dive to the floor, though. Is there a big old dive coming up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the the damn... uh... So it looks like America's Most Wanted is going to put him away for the victory here. Guy gets a super kick and a catatonic. Back-to-back, and he kicks out. Every match, man, they're kicking out of finishers. Yeah. And then... Everybody's on the outside, and the Wildcats is a flying man taking everybody out. Eight? I think we're for sure getting into double figures here, man. I think we're at eight. I'm saying we got AJ Styles next, so. Oh, I got I got. Oh, gosh, you're predicting the final tally. Okay. I'm pretty sure we're at eight now, though. Oh, back in the ring, we get a, we get a P-bomb. P-Bomb Tower kind of move, delivered by the Wildcat. P grabs a stick to no avail, and the good guy team start running into each other. Get a little power slap at the end here. Bobby Roode gets a roll-up victory for the Canadians. Well, it's a little bit more than a roll-up. What's he do, man? He also almost gives us a fucking cave shot. He pulled those trunks so oh, high yeah? up. Like it's, I don't know if he's like, when I see that I always laugh because I don't know if the other wrestler is doing it on purpose 
like to make a funny. Oh yeah. Okay, check this out. Yeah, check out this ass. <laughs> but he does. He rolls them up and with the schoolboy grabs the trunks, and we pretty much get to see, you know, all of the ass. Ass spot of the year, you think? It's the only ass spot so far this year, so yeah. Naturals, Naturals and AMW want to rumble after the bell, but they're separated by a gang of security guys. Tanae just yells at the security guys, oh, you got to keep them separated. It's like, why? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. We've, we've covered way too much music in this episode, something we normally don't do, but when he said that, it's like, oh, you got to keep them separated. <laughs> I said out loud, settle down, offspring. And then I started writing it down and I stopped because <laughs> I was like, no, I'm already going to ask the music question earlier. Got <laughs> 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 to keep them separated. What kind of music do you think TNA listens to? I like Barry Manilow, probably. Oh, no way. Conway Twitty. Nope. Brooks and Dunn, do you think? Nope. Metallica. He listens to, no, he does not listen to Metallica. He listens to, you know he listens to some fucking weird, not weird, wrong way to put it, some world trendy music from some other country. He's the guy that shows up like, oh, I really like this band. You've never heard of them, but in Uruguay, they're the number one <laughs> They got all the hits in Uruguay on the billboard right now. It's like nobody wants to fucking listen to your 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 Uruguayan music. <laughs> that would be a he TNA. Just, he comes across like that asshole, doesn't he? All right, man. We got a couple more left. We get sent to the back with the juggler and Samoa Joe. He tries to get some answers out of Joe and gets irritated when the big guy doesn't respond. Douglas wants some respect. He calls him kid. And Joe gets up in his face. Says he gave him some respect by not bitch slapping his franchise ass. Franchi isn't look, looking too happy after that exchange. Yeah, he's he's about to kick that Franny Fanny. That's what's about to happen there. I like seeing Douglas getting a little pissed, right? Some, I was, of that, some of that fire. I was in. Like I was sold when he was when he was started yelling. Mm-hmm. When, until he said, "I've earned my respect." Ah, settle down, bitch. Any any respect you earned, you probably wiped pretty clear there towards the end of WCW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, do, I love Fran. Right, big franchiseler guy, but and I don't. I like Joe a lot. And he's good on the mic, but I think maybe at this point he hasn't hadn't developed that that skill because he's great on the mic even like today. But I think back then maybe he had, there's got to be a reason why they didn't have him say much. It it got the franchiseler pissed off. I didn't know if he was going to say anything, you know. Figured maybe just have him be a mute for a while, but. I, I, I thought that myself, that he wasn't going to say anything, and I was very happy when he stood up and said he's not bitch-slapping his franchise ass. Uh, 
Man, a few words, but, you know. Effective words. Effective words, for sure. Get the recap package from the X-Cup Challenge Tournament. Lots of good high-flying action. The unbeaten Joe and Styles is up next, and this should be a should be a great match. I almost want to call it the match of the year before it's even started here. X Division champion Christopher Daniels joining the guys in the booth. Tells the Christopher Daniels Invitational Tournament Final. It's a nice touch. Winner will get a trophy and a match against the champion at next month's show. So, <clears throat> let me ask you this. TNA, he's been real hit and miss this year. His first take of the match. Joe Joe's out, and TNA says he's like nothing we've ever seen before. Is that accurate? No. Does he remind you of somebody that came before? The way that they're building them, it feels like a Goldberg build. Uh, he's got better moves than Goldberg. Well, uh, yeah, he can wrestle. Right. We got Borash. He's only out there for like special occasions, it seems. Introduced He's a Minnesota this. guy. Is he? Yeah. Man, we're well represented on this show. He introduces the Samoan submission machine and the phenomenal one. Daniels is asked who he'd like to face, and he says that neither of them are worthy to face him and that he should be given the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> nice Good touch. Point. I mean, yeah. I. I I figured he wasn't going to give a straight answer, and I like how he, you know, I like how he went about answering that. I think we're probably going to get a flying man to the outside spot pretty quick in this match, man. You think so? Well, let me know. Well, Joe, it's a running knee to AJ right right at the beginning. It sends him to the outside. Nasty spot. Joe follows it up with a suicide dive. Does that count? Yeah. To the floor? Is that number niner? That's a niner. Wait, was yeah. it nine or a ten? I think we were at eight coming into the into this okay. one, so it should be a so, niner. Yeah. Nine, gotcha. So AJ is down in front of the announce table in that trophy. And then he jumps over the guardrail. It looks like he was probably originally gonna try and jump on the guardrail, maybe, and he just overshot it, but then he jumps on the thing and hits a phenomenal forearm. Get a this is awesome chant, which it is. These guys are great. We get a uh, like an Indian deathlock, chinlock combo out of the phenomenal one. Joe's just a tank. AJ gets caught and slammed down, and follows it up with some knee. And uh, Joe follows it up with some knee bashes and that face wash. And then he hits a hell of a leg sweep. All right, you don't see that enough. Just oh, the leg sweep, front leg sweep. Oh yeah. Yeah, Styles looks like so. It's a cool looking move. And the thing that got me when I was watching it was as soon as he hit that move, I kind of focused on the mat because you know that's the everybody said the, the that the six sided ring's a lot harder than than the four sided ring, which I still don't quite understand because it's still the same amount of padding you would put on it. So there's got to be less give, you know, there's got to be less give somewhere, and I don't know where or how that would be. Mm -hmm. But then I started paying attention to, like, the wrestlers when they walk around, the referee when he puts his knee down, anything like that to see. And from the looks of it, it is a harder, like, I don't know if they're just missing, 
they don't have as much padding or what's going on there. But you can see, like, usually you can see a little bit of give when the wrestlers step and walk around or the official steps and walk mm-hmm. around or somebody pushes their hand on it. You don't see much at all in that six-sided ring. So there's probably something to it. Oh, yeah. Following up with that, like, right here, Joe power bombs the shit out of AJ. That could have been it. I mean. Was it the power bomb of the, the cra- No, not the crab. Was it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's power bomb the hell out of him. And it rolls into a damn crab. It's a shitty crab. He didn't like that, huh? He puts his arms like he doesn't put the legs behind his his like underneath his armpits. He just holds his like just below his knees in a crab position. It sucks. He rolls it into an SDF. That's nice. Somehow AJ gets out of that and hits a moonsault reverse DDT and a springboard sent on. Nails a Pele doesn't take a, doesn't take Joe down. <laughs> one of my favorite spots of the match. They roll around the mat with uh, what they call a Texas tumbleweed. Hell of a move. They just roll around in a circle or a whatever you know, six side. Uh, Six-sided yeah. shape there. Yeah. And then Styles gets up. He doesn't know where he is, and he just kicks the air with a, a Pele, which I enjoyed as well. Clo- uh, Joe clotheslines him straight to hell. But he can't put him away. Exchange chops and blows, and AJ connects with another Pele, and they're both down. Joe's going for that muscle buster, and AJ gets out of it. He gets Joe in the torture rack. Ref gets bumped as he goes down with the rack. So he's going for like a rack slam or something. Yeah. I was impressed to see Joe up in the rack, though. I didn't see that coming. When I saw, yeah, he's done it before, but when I've seen, when I saw the rack and him get Joe Racked up there. Him. Yeah, you got to put him in, put him in the rack. Got to rack him. <laughs> you put him in a rack, I'll pick you up from the airport. After he puts him in the Gets him up in the rack. The first thing I thought was, how come he can lift Joe so easily, but Saban can't get him up in a fucking cradle? So now AJ's got superior strength than than Saban is what I'm I'm led to believe. And then the ref takes the bump. AJ checks on the ref, and after he checks on the ref, knowing he's out, he goes back to Joe to make a cover. Who's pinning? Who's making the count? You checked on him. He's out. Referee's dead. Don't go back over and make the cover. Go get a knife and stab him. Now would be the time. Right. Right. Yeah, he's not all there at this time, man. I mean, we just saw him like Pele or attempt to Pele from halfway across the ring. That's a good point. He missed. But Daniels, he takes this He takes this uh, opportunity to leave his post. Comes down, takes out AJ, tells Joe to pin him. And AJ gets up and clotheslines Daniels out of the ring. Joe hits that devastating muscle buster, locks in the choke, and that's got to be it. AJ taps out. Joe gets the win with the assist from Daniels. So Joe's the winner of the tournament. It was a good match. He gets the trophy and a uh, shot at the title. 
Man, this whole time I was waiting for that trophy to be destroyed. I wanted it to be. I was kind of disappointed because whenever you see a trophy and the, you know, it gets destroyed. Wrestling, it gets yeah. destroyed, but uh, I don't think Daniels needed to get involved here, but, you know, no, it, it works for the storyline and the grand scheme of things. So this is one of those rare occasions where I actually don't mind it, like the bullshit, because Daniels comes in, does the old attack the AJ, and then when he when he's about to leave the ring, uh, Joe turns his back, and it looks like Daniels is going to hit him. And then Joe turns back towards Daniels and kind of catches him. And Daniel's like, no, 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 I was, I I was, I was never going to hit to you, not to me, I wasn't going to hit to you, Uh, and then for some reason, Daniel's is Italian, Um, and then, but he doesn't, you know I mean, so they they put a little bit of steam on it right there between Joe and Daniel's, which is okay, but it also keeps the steam on Daniel's and Styles. And these right. three are going to be putting on X Division classics for for a while. So it is nice to see that it's it makes sense in that moment because he's getting steam on both ends. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're and you're right. We've seen this done badly so many times. It's very rare that there's a situation like this and everybody's kind of a winner. Looking forward to seeing some more of these guys. You know that would probably be one of the one of the highlights as we slowly but surely get through this damn season. All right, we go to Raven in the back. He's talking to Double J. Says that the title's like his little blankie. Raven says he and Sabu hate each other, but they're a human cancer and the most hateful, unforgiving guys on the planet. So Double J gets the win here. He gets the title shot. And if he gets beat, he doesn't get a shot for a year. Well, no, doesn't so, Double J have to pin Raven? Yeah. And then, yeah, like I, like I mentioned earlier, I write, so what happens when Sabu or Rhino takes the fall? Like it leaves the doors open already. They should have at least gotten into this and said, like, okay, yeah, if Sabu gets beat, like nothing happens. This is all a charade, you know. I mean, it's a fun matchup on paper. I like seeing Sabu, right? I think so. Before we get into this, I got to be serious for a minute. Oh, here we go. All right, we got Rhino, Mr. Gore. Yep. You take a Gore. You take a Range Spear. You take a Goldberg Spear. Boy, so I was actually just thinking about this the other day. <laughs> it's like we have one brain. Because uh, no, that'd be too much. But I, because the, I think I saw Edge hit a spear, but I also hit a I saw a spear earlier in the show, I believe. And I really don't like that move. When he does it, or the move in general? Just in general. Too many people have. Oh, it was it was uh, on NXT. Braun Breaker. Yes. So I saw Braun Breaker do it, and then I saw uh, Edge do it the following night. I, I believe, I, either way, I might be getting crossed up, but I saw it on back to back nights or twice on one show. 
Too many people use it. It's not that cool of a move. It's just basically a form. Like it's a form tackle. It's you not prefer a pounce because it's a little different. I do prefer a pounce. It looks more violent. Right, it probably it is just, more violent. Just rams uh, into I, him. Right. So I I decided the other day I don't like the spear. Not as a finisher. Oh. Not as a setup. Nothing, man. Not a fan. Huh. Now, if you're forcing right. me to pick between the the Roman, the Goldberg, or the Gore, most of me says Gore. Yeah, you got the biggest man behind the Gore. Guy's a tank. Well, I don't think he's the biggest man. Rhino. Yeah. He's he's bigger than Roman, isn't he? No. No, I don't even think it's close either. We're talking about Rhino. We're talking about Rhino. He's a big man, man. He's not that big. I seen him at the uh, you know Memphis Championship Wrestling last year, and he was about three times as big as everybody else. No way. Oh yeah. Was it was it the Dink Wrestling Federation? <laughs> the TFW. Yeah. Uh, I met were... him. He's not that big. I'm pretty sure Rhino's a big dude, man. So he's billed at 5'10". So I I bet my nards he's 5'10". I met him. I looked him in the eyes. How much do you think he weighs? He's billed at like 5'10". What was it? 285? He seems a lot bigger than he is. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. I'll give you that. All right. All right. Yeah, I was just uh I was just curious. Those were I think all three of those guys I mentioned were football guys. Yeah. Um but anyways, we get uh yeah, we're going to see Sabu and Raven here against Double J and Rhino. Three ECW legends and Double J. So with no titles on the lines, this just feel like uh SmackDown. Or superstars, or is it just a different kind of a show? It's yeah. I mean, you can say it's a different kind of a show, just not a good one. It's about sacrifice, I'm sure, man. Sacrificing profit uh, to put on because you're putting on a shitty show. <laughs> Got to do what it takes, man. Sabu's out there. Got a towel on his head, and he'll team up with the current heavyweight champion, Raven. Got a Raven super fan all doll, dolled up with a cutoff shirt and eyeliner. EC dub chance pretty heavy in this one. So Raven tosses down the belt and he and Double J stand over the thing. Double J's got a lot to say, man. He's just trash talking up a storm in there. He should. Who bailed this criminal out of jail? Wasn't he in the clink last time? Who? Double J. He beat up a fan. Yeah. <laughs> and he's back, main event in a pay-per-view. Yeah. Lock this guy up and throw away the key. No way. You don't throw away the key. All right? There's no you way you're throwing throw away, away the key. The key. <laughs> you ain't throwing away the key. All right? It's uh, Double J. 
Who's bailing them out? I don't know. There's probably countless people that will bail them out. He's the king of the mountain. Planet Jarrett. I'm sure he's got a line of honeys waiting to bail him out. Bail him out so they can bail him up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Turn it up. (laughs) Raven's out there. He's rocking the black kilt. Rhino knocks him to the outside, takes three Russian leg sweeps to the barricade for his troubles. This one should probably be a tornado rules match. I don't think any of their tag matches are tornado matches, but most of them fall apart to some degree. It sucks, too, because they're using weapons. Oh, yeah. Here's my big question of the show. Yeah. It, It appears like, I don't know if you want to call it successful or not, but like two things that contradict each other are coexisting here with the foreign objects and the tags happening. Are they? <laughs> it's 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 happening, man. It's it's very strange because you don't ever see that being the case, but you know, you see chairs openly being used while guys are hanging out on the apron. Well, it's a messy affair. But there's oh, yeah. there's at, at parts of it there's no tags happening. Anything goes. Then that breaks down. It's like, okay, that's right. We're going we're gonna to have a tag match again. But we're also going to co- incorporate the weapons. Which, if weapons are legal, like, just let me know what, just let me know what the rules are. Mm. So I can follow. That's all. Just let me know what the rules are. They're not very good at that. No. And if, like they, some- if, they, if they said referee's discretion... I was going to just fucking turn it off. Yeah, I wouldn't have blamed you. Yeah. They should really give us a, uh, and this this goes back to the first show when we had that Monsters Ball match, and I was confused about that. Yeah. So there's really no explanation about it. I mean, we get a pizza cutter early on, man. This thing kind of, it's, it's strange because the, like I said, this thing is like a hardcore falling apart the whole time, but for the most part, when they're in the staging area, they make tags. But, yeah, so they battle the outside, and uh, Raven dumps out the trash can, and he gets a pizza cutter and slices up the Chosen One's face. Clobbers him some more. Meanwhile, Sabu and Rhino are battling in the, battling in the ring. Planet Jared's looking pretty rough. Sabu is a Frankensteiner. He takes Rhino. For another one off the top, only gets a two. So, again, nothing's really protected. You just have to take shitloads of punishment. And eventually, yes. eventually, you know, your your health bar is down to zero. Right. It's like a Vigi game, kind of, you know. I, I don't think it is like a Vigi game, man. Well, what's it like, then? It's a shitty wrestling show. Now that chair comes into play. Double J throws that Sabu, and then Rhino nails him with another one for good measure. And again, all right, they're still making tags. Jarrett lands a nice looking superplex from the top. Meanwhile, he's just bleeding buckets. It's beginning to look like a melee here. Big-ass bulldog clothesline combo. I've never seen that before. That looked good. 
So that I thought that was maybe match... a mistake at first, but <laughs> I it looks so away good. Here. It had to be a mistake. No, man, that that was the that was the move that grabbed me in this entire match. Like I I was frustrated watching it because I didn't know what the fucking rules were. Not tag tag fucking bedlam brawl not a bedlam brawl tornado tag not a tornado tag weapons no weapons all of this shit just try it i hate it but then raven hit a bulldog fucking clothesline combo and my fucking pants hit the ceiling man (laughs) i would i would do that move for sure it just worked out so good it looked beautiful and then he he lands the DDT. That could have been that could have been a nice way to wrap up the show. But yeah. Double J drags out the ref, gets in there, lands an old school Nards plow on Raven. And Cassidy Riley, he's been showing up a lot at these shows. Yeah, it's Raven's kinda, buddy now. Just he's kind of like the new Stevie Richards. Is he? Yeah, S- Studley Steve. Oh, you know, just, you know, Raven sidekick. Maybe like Classy Cassidy or something? No. Cassie, Classy Cassidy, Cassie Classy. I don't know what I'm going for there, but. (laughs) I get added way too many there, buddy boy. I would change Uh, the name from Cassidy, though. That's not a good name. No. No. You you like this Cassidy, Riley? I, I mean, I could give a shit less about him, but. It's nice to have friends if you're Raven. Yeah, he comes out there, he grabs the guitar, and then Double J hits a stroke. Only gets a two. Rhino gets tagged in and goes to town, taking bites out of uh bites out of Raven's flesh, man. Just going all animal on him. All animal. All He's a animal. fucking rhino, man. What what do you expect? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he was good when I saw him last year. He's just a big-ass powerhouse guy who can move. For some reason, I thought he was bigger than he is. Maybe he's just always dealing with tiny guys. I'm not sure. Yeah, we just talked about this. Is is this strange that they're still tagging here with foreign objects being used? Very strange. So Very strange. You don't, you don't think that th- those two things can coexist, really? They shouldn't. Yeah. They're trying to pull it off, man, but. It is strange. But, I mean, we get Sabu in there, and he makes sure to come in and give the people their money's worth before he's done. whole bunch of throwing the chair around, jumping off the chair, flying man. Dive to the floor? Oh, yeah. Number. Is that number 10? 10, yeah. All right. We made it. And that's probably the case in every one of these shows this year. With ten of them. Yeah. Because you know the opening match is going to involve just a hodgepodge of guys from the X Division. And it's going to be at least three or four in that one just to yeah. start it off, you know. But, I mean, Sabu, he's he's unique. He puts it all on the line out there. We got a table set up on the outside. And then Abyss appears and just slams Sabu through the thing. <laughs> and then 
I was hoping that he wouldn't show up and he would just be fired, you know. But Jeff Hardy shows up and clotheslines Abyss, hits him with a twist of fate and a swanton bomb. So I guess he saved his job and he screwed over Double J in one false swoop. Looks like the ref counted a three, but the save is made regardless. So now we got a table in the ring, and if this wasn't ridiculous enough here, I'm thinking Hardy just showed up to collect his appearance fee to go get some more dope. Probably. You know, so that's fun. Saves, he shows up for 10 pretty minutes. Pretty safe assumption, yeah. Yeah. And Rhino Gore's Raven's ass through the table, picks up the win. So I got a big problem in this one. What's your problem, man? Well, at the end of it, right, it uh, it breaks down. You get the Gore to Raven. Well, you get the ref bump. We'll start here. DDT to DDT by Raven gets a two count. There's the ref bump. Uh, Rhino breaks it up and then hits a Gore to Raven. And makes the pin, but who's legal? Because then Sabu comes in and tries to make the pin on Raven. What's going on? Sabu comes in. Yeah. He's Raven's partner, right? Okay, I might be wrong about who he tries to pin, but he definitely tries to pin somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. Sabu does get in there at the end. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be done. But I think somebody made an executive decision. Right. Sabu still so, had some more. Yeah. Everybody's trying to pin everybody. <laughs> yep. Fucking son of a bitch comes out. He's bh slamming people. Wait, oh, no, yeah. just b slamming. No, it's bh slam. Sorry. He comes out. He's bh slamming. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then fucking doper comes running out, looking like a fucking doper. <laughs> it's all falling apart. And then we get a gore and Rhino. Rhino. Pins who? Uh, Raven? Huh. Well, isn't that interesting? So that added stipulation doesn't matter. Right. It's a it's a messy tag team. It's just a it's like it's not a pleasurable match, man. Not at all. And then after the ma- after the match, it, it's a pretty quick out. I so I'm guessing you're probably right. They're probably like, hey, you guys got to wrap this shit up now. Double J looks at Rhino like, what what the fuck you doing, you fucking man beast. And then the, how the show signs off is by Mike TNA going, oh, what is Larry DeSabisco going to do? And that's the end. I don't know. How about fire half the fucking roster? All right. How about hire a decent creative team? I don't know. How about an official that can fucking uphold the rules? Why does he do some of that? How about start off, get rid of Mike TNA and Don West? The talent's there. The talent's there. That's true. The the stories are not. The the discipline is not. I should not see ten fucking dives to the floor. How many how many matches do we have on this card? 
I think probably seven or eight, maybe. So we're at over one dive to the floor per match. Oh, easily. Yeah. We might've missed some too. Yeah. And you're, you're right. So I just frustrating, man, frustrating, but we get to move on. What do we got next, man? We got unbreakable. There's no songs for unbreakable. I don't think. Is there? Hmm. No. All right. Well, there you go. Get to writing. At Unbreakable, we'll have the Diamonds in the Rough against 3LK. So that seems like they've been uh, disciplined. We got Roddy Strong versus Austin Austin Aries. We got uh, Ass and Pounce are taking on Hoyt and Apollo. The main man, Petey Williams, taking on Chris Saban. All right. Sabu is taking on a Bills. A Bills. Oh, and Jeff Hardy is taking on Bobby Roode. Get him a better man. Yeah. Please find him a better man. Uh, four-way elimination better match. Man. A better man. <laughs> four-way elimination match for the NWA Tag Team Championship of the World. We got the Naturals are taking on who Alex Shelley and Johnny Candido. Uh, we got uh, AMW and Team Canada, so I'm already just not interested. Johnny Candido, yeah, old JC, uh, Chris relation there. Oh uh, yeah, he's the younger brother. Oh. All right. Maybe he's we a better got... man. I can assure you he ain't no better man. <laughs> I just Trust me, he ain't a better <laughs> man. Uh, Rhino's taking on Raven for the championship. Oh. Okay. And then main event is a three-way match for the X Division Championship where you got... Daniels, Joe, and Styles. So I think that's the match that everybody remembers as like, you know, the TNA match. For the most part, it it sounds interesting. I have no fucking faith, though. Yeah, I've heard good things about this triple threat match, so. Yeah. Probably going to be the match of the year. Yeah. Unless they do more than three dives to the floor in the match. Then I'm going to disqualify it. You know you're getting at least two. I know. That's why I said three. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, we keep plugging along here. Uh, thank you for joining us as we talked about TNA's uh, sacrifice. I sacrifice. About five. And, uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get at you next time, man. Uh, we'll slide one in there. Slide one in there. Oh, better man. Better man. Slide one in there.